That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, folks, before we start the show, let's talk about our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash Bob Show. Okay, usually I sit here and I list all the bonus content you're going to get for subscribing. But today, today I thought I'd tell you straight up that it's your monthly support, whether it's a dollar per month, $5 per month, $10 per month, or $15 per month, that's what keeps this show alive. Your support makes it possible for us to deliver four shows a week and to stay on top of all the latest politics news. It's all because so many folks have pitched in just a few dollars per month. And yes, you're also going to get exclusive bonus content like the postmortem show and the after party in exchange for your financial support. But mainly you, you help keep the lights on at the Bob Seska Show, and I'm eternally grateful grateful for that support. Again, that's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Memorial Day weekend. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world. Right on! This is the Bob Seska Show presented by bubblegenius.com. I wanted to see you before. You have to leave now. And never come back here. Have you ever heard of insect politics? Neither have I. Insects don't have politics. They're very brutal. No compassion. No compromise. We can't trust the insect. I'd like to become the first insect politician. <laughs> you see, I'd like to, uh, but oh, I'm afraid. Um, I don't know what you're trying to say. I'm saying. I'm saying I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it, but now the dream is over and the insect is awake. No, I'm saying I'll hurt you if you stay. Bob Seska! It appears Seska has been genetically altered. The Bob Seska Show! (laughs) There was another fly mishap. We're going to talk about that in just one second. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, May 27, 2021. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 128 of the Biden-Harris administration, 529 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And here they are, assembled again. Yeah. 
it is the goth ninjas in full force. Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from dash the dash bunker.com, also at sexyliberal.com, your podcasting superstation, along with all the other sexy liberal podcast network programs. And of course, patreon.com slash from the bunker. Go there, support that podcast because it's fucking great. Also, David T. Rex Ferguson from Astral Summer and uh, the T. Rex Report podcast. Patreon.com slash the T. Rex Report. Also, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Uh, Goth Ninjas, welcome back. David, we missed you last week. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Travis, for stepping in. That was great. Yeah. Um, yeah we've actually <laughs> found someone even taller than your average 60 foot terrible. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Travis was our substitute gay for last week. And, uh, yes, he was. <laughs> uh, anyway, lots. Yeah. Thanks again to Travis for, for filling in. We, of course, we missed you. And we missed Buzz on Tuesday as well. You know, mm. everyone's, uh, everyone's got things to do and emergencies to take care of. But you're feeling better. You're feeling uh, the, the sinuses are clearing up. Yeah. I am. I've been downgraded from level four which was not a damn wrong um, to uh, level two which is currently don't go chasing snotter falls right um, was there any concern that it might have been covid i mean did you think for a second oh shit i did when i started running a fever uh there was a moment where i was like ah, but then it went away and i was just like this is just a routine sinus infection just like my neighbor had right right and so i'm fine but you didn't go get tested did you no, I didn't. <laughs> you can yeah, buy no, it now, and it's a, you can buy a rapid home test now at CVS. Oh, really? Well, my sinuses are already yeah. uncomfortable enough without inserting a stiff wooden freaking swab <laughs> in there. I'm just not into. <laughs> so, is that what it is, Jody? The home test is a yeah. To... I saw him at the I saw him at our farm at the pharmacy, not the giant one like you have, because only people your size can get into those. But uh, oh um, yeah, right, right. I know the CVS that's about a mile or so from my house. I was there the other day and. I was in line and I looked to my left and there were rap. I don't know if they said rapid, but they were at home mm-hmm. COVID tests. And I believe it was two per box. And it's the nose um, poke one. It's the, I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't, one. I wasn't the critical. <laughs> I didn't critically read it, but they are available at CV. You can probably Google it. Yeah. Um, I, they have emergency authorization. Okay. Um, so I think they'll be fully authorized probably by the end of the year. But that's a good thing. I don't know how expensive they were. I didn't see the price tag. But we do have at-home tests now. So I highly recommend if you think you've got it to get an at-home test. Yeah. Oh. I hope it's by a different group than created the 23andMe test, which says that everyone who takes the 23andMe DNA, home DNA test, they've got an athletic body type. Every single person I have talked to who's taken the DNA test, whether it's 23andMe or the other one, I forget the name of the other one because they're not paying us, um, everyone comes back with the test results, says, oh, yeah, look, it says here that I've got an athletic body, you know, that's according to my DNA, and they don't. <laughs> that's the thing. And I wonder if it's just like a stock, let's make the customer feel really good about themselves kind of response mm. that everyone gets. Like, everyone gets that one. It's like fortune it's, cookies. You're everyone. very handsome, it says. <laughs> yeah, okay, the, the test is called Binax Now, and it's a mm. rapid antigen, bless you, Lonnie, a rapid antigen <laughs> self-test. And it's available at the CVS's oh, great. in your neighborhood. Okay, so. all right. Well, if you're feeling weird, uh, you can now go get your home test from CVS. Yeah. Yes, and uh, n- another group that's and it's not twenty three ninety nine for two tests. So it's a little expensive, but not too bad. I mean, I know that when Lonnie uh, uh, had to get some testing, the place that was doing it for free mm-hmm. just didn't wasn't there for the second test. He's yeah, like, yeah. okay. And so I sent him to another place and they're like, yeah, it's a uh, $75. He goes, but I have insurance. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's $75 with insurance. Mm-hmm. 
But, so this is at least cheaper than that. It, I, you know, might as well try it. Well, you know what? Before we uh, jump into things, I also want to introduce our fourth cast member on today's show. Uh, Potty Mouth Barack is joining us again today. Barack, Yay. shit's getting way too complicated Yay. for me. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Barack, you have a cigarette? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Potty Mouth Barack, what do you think of uh, David T. Rex Ferguson? There are white folks, and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Potty mouth Barack God, is not, know, a, not a fan. I don't know getting why. Getting dunked on by Barack Obama is fortunately something I have not endured. But can you imagine being Kanye West? You know, and <laughs> Barack know. Obama was like, Jesus, that guy's a jackass. I mean, <laughs> I think I would have to just die of shame at that point. Potty mouth Barack, what do you think of Kanye West? Now, you know that guy ain't shit. Sorry, ass motherfucker got nothing on me, right? Nothing. I, I didn't say he had anything on you, but, you know, I was just asking your opinion. Well, okay. You have Potty Mouth Barack in studio today, too. Uh, you know, Ted Cruz ate a fly. That's been all over Twitter today. Really, really disgusting video of Ted Cruz on Fox News Channel. Just talking away, and then a fly lands on his mouth. Y- you'd think if the fly lands on, like, your bottom lip, you're going to feel the fly on your lip at least see the fly landing on your face yeah. i should preface all of this by saying this is video from two years ago uh crooks and liars looked into it it was from uh 2019 uh, but still any excuse to talk about slimy ted cruz and uh, you know attracting flies to his face and then ah oh, shit the fly crawled into his mouth and he immediately swallowed it and then I guess I don't even know if he swallowed it before he took a big guzzle of water because he sensed the fly once it was in his mouth. Then he grabbed a water bottle and just going. Yeah. He rubioed. (laughs) He rubioed. (laughs) Yeah, he rubioed. But I mean, at that point. So my question is like, are these, I think these flies are returning home. They're trying to get back. (laughs) Like the one that was trying to get, you know, on Mike Pence during the vice presidential debate. Yeah. They're like, you know, back to base, back to base. Like, yeah. Exactly. They know shit when they see it. They know (laughs) shit when they see it. Exactly. (laughs) They're going to home base. I love that. (laughs) They're like returning to the Death Star. That's what it is. They're TIE fighters, and they're going right. back to... <laughs> and inside Ted Cruz is this Hellmouth Death Star thing that's like the Amityville room with all the flies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, the, the funniest reaction online so far is that it's the same fly that landed on Mike Pence's head. You know what? It's like the Zelig of flies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it just turns up everywhere. The thing that Man, I... Would... I suggest that you swallow a spider to catch that fly. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I think he deliberately washed it down. I don't think he swallowed it before he took a giant swig of water. If if How can I you even do that without gagging, I mean, I just ugh, I'm gagging thinking about it. I mean, yeah, and I don't have a strong gag reflex. Okay, so um. <laughs> yeah, it's very very strange. I mean, I would spit the fly out. I mean, that's just me. I mean, if if there's something weird in my mouth, I'm immediately going and out it would go. Ted Cruz goes, there's a fly in my mouth, so gotta drink it down. Glug, 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 glug. And there there it goes. Poor, poor fly has to be digested over a thousand years in the belly of the Sarlacc, right? (laughs) Oh, shit. So anyway. um, All that machine gun bacon. Yeah. Well, uh, the same thing happened as always happens whenever we record a show. Uh, right after we're finished recording the show, and it's not even when we post it. 
the clock starts when I say bye bye at the end of the postmortem show, and then tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, gigantic breaking news. <laughs> Just it, it happens all the time. In fact, people on Twitter. When this news broke about Cy Vance impaneling a grand jury in his investigation of the Trump organization, when that news broke on Tuesday, Twitter like exploded with people going, I guess Bob Seska must have just finished his show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. People know I think my you have curse. wronged the news gods. I think you've, you've like, you've, you need to make a sacrifice. You need to go and throw a paralegal into a volcano in Hawaii or something. <laughs> Because, yeah, like, I need to like sacrifice a steno pad and a fifth of a uh, single malt or something like that. You know what I mean? To the news gods, because they just keep like they, you know, they just wait. They're like, okay, and they finish taping now. Grand jury, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's I know the, your pain. This has Miley Cyrus oh, Vance came in like a wrecking ball. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this really only started God. Uh, I think during the Trump years. I think mm-hmm. before that, we were able to do the show whenever the fuck we wanted to. But now since Trump left office, I've been contemplating the idea of making the show earlier in the day so we can get it out well before the afternoon drive time starts. So like, for example, the Tuesday show, we started recording now uh, Buzz and I at noon instead of one. Today, we're recording our Thursday show at noon Eastern time instead of one, which is much more convenient, I think, for the drive time listeners to have the show ready to go when they're getting in their car after work. And so that's the advantage. But the disadvantage is in this new whatever uh, mutation of the news cycle (laughs) has has made it so that if we start the show earlier, we're going to be missing all kinds of news. And what happens is the show that we record before the big breaking news thing uh, becomes obsolete almost instantly. So the people are listening and they're going, well, there's nothing here about the thing that everyone's talking about now. So why even fucking bother? But, you know, that's the only little teeny tiny downside to a massive story that I was so grateful for. And that is, uh, as we said, Cy Vance and paneling this grand jury in this investigation of the uh, Trump organization and the tax returns and the inflation and deflation of Trump's assets, whether they're going for a tax return or they're uh, filling out uh, an insurance form or a loan application and so on. This is the big scam. And clearly what has happened is the scam has gotten so big and so obvious that we've now got this cooperation happening between Letitia James's office in Albany and Cy Vance's office in Manhattan. Now they're collaborating on criminal charges here. It's now a criminal investigation and all kinds of people, all kinds of shit is going to be looped into this. Last night on Lawrence O'Donnell's show, He played a clip from earlier in the day on MSNBC of Michael Cohen. And I'm not afraid to say, goth ninjas, that last night watching this Michael Cohen clip gave me a giant boner. I mean, this was like, (laughs) in in the most figurative sense possible. I mean, I'm not a weirdo. Uh, (laughs) But Michael Cohen was talking about uh, this investigation and 2024 and Trump's potential run for president. But here's Michael Cohen from uh, MSNBC yesterday. Hang on to your pants. 2024 is three years away. And it's a very long time, especially when you have the district attorney and the 
attorney general's office breathing down your neck. They don't just have the documents that they got from the tax returns. They now have Rudy Giuliani documents as well. This is a multi, multifaceted investigation. There's many tentacles here that are going to be grabbing at Trump, at Don Jr., Ivanka, Eric, the Kushners, you name it, uh, and a a host of other people. So I really do believe that they need to come down to, you know, they need to come back to reality. Yeah, that was fucking great. And by the way, he did say tentacles. Didn't say the other thing. He said tentacles. Uh, Yeah, great news all around, right? Saw the video of Seth MacFarlane from last night's uh, Late Show or whatever. No. No. But he was talking about he's not optimistic that uh, Trump will face charges because he's he said he's like the David Blaine of crime. He's just oh, he is. Like, yeah. Know, go sit in front of the grand jury and vomit up a frog that says not guilty on its belly and mm-hmm. be off the hook. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I listened to Kimberly's show with Greg Oliar because he is, you know, her favorite. Mm-hmm. Anyway, because um, I'm not. Um, but <laughs> he said that he thought the reason that Trump has yet to have been ensnared in anything is because he is a confidential informant for certain people. Oh, fascinating. Mm. I wonder if that's, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's capable of doing that. I don't know. Well, if to he's... save his own ass, he is. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, he had to have been nabbed on something else inescapable for him. Well, I mean, with his mob ties with real estate over the years, yeah. um, you know, he could have flipped on various people well um and and gotten away with it because they want the bigger at that time he wasn't the big fish because mm. he's just some real estate guy you know boom they get they get your bigger guys so that was his his theory on why he has yet to be busted but now he's the big fish right well i'm not going to rule it out uh one of the great things about this michael cohen audio is that he does as an insider as a guy who was inside the loop for many many years Mm -hmm. he has a special insight a special bead on what happens inside the trump organization i mean remember the congressional testimony that started all of this where he's talking about alan weisselberg and rob lieberman and he's talking about uh michael the mikey the squid michael calamari (laughs) michael calamari he's talking about all the wasn't it aoc that got him to say, you know, there yes. was bank fraud and insurance fraud and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, real estate, you know, loan fraud. 100 percent. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the question that Greg Oliar is bringing up is the, the one of the hour, which is how does Donald Trump wiggle out of this? I mean, how does he escape from this? Because that's Greg Oliar is exactly right. Insofar as Donald Trump is like the David Blaine of uh, uh, or what was it? Who's it? Seth MacFarlane said that right. uh, the David Blaine of, of criminal charges. But this seems like. This might be inescapable for him. He had the Justice Department, you know, with Bill Barr to back him up. He had, and before that, it was, what's this sniveling little creep from Alabama, Jeff Sessions. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had multiple fingers in multiple pies everywhere that were kind of like, you know, managing to keep all the plates spinning on the ends of all the poles. But all that power apparatus is gone now. Yeah, yeah. And And I was reading in Politico yesterday, which I don't normally do. Politico, ugh. But the playbook, they had, you know, someone in Trump land was saying that Trump is really missing being president and gets really, oh, really yeah. testy if anybody suggests that the 2024 thing isn't going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, I even saw I saw an uh, interview on OAN with Donald Trump where he was talking about how people were coming up to him and saying, hey, listen, 
Don't make a big stink about the 2020 election because remember, you know, we got 22 coming up and you're going to be the front runner for 2024 if you play your cards right. And he said that his response to those people, this is Donald Trump talking. Donald Trump says his, his response to those people was, well, I won in 20. I, I won last oh, year. God. So why would I have to run again? I should, you know, if they steal diamonds, you give the diamonds back. He was talking. So he oh thinks he is at least publicly still believing that at some point in the not too distant future, they're going to give the presidency back to him. Like they're going to remove someone, they, whoever, is going to remove Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and plunk back in Donald Trump without the assistance of an election. This is the delusion he's running on. People think that Mike Lindell is crazy for saying that Donald Trump is going to become president again in August. Well, Mike Lindell isn't alone. This is coming from Donald Trump himself, and I'm sure those two dingbats have been talking routinely and exchanging notes because they love each other and they have a great relationship. But uh, that's the thing. He thinks he's going to be president again before 2024. So, so that means if that's the case, then he can't run in 2024. That's right. He'll be term limited out. So which is it, dude? <laughs> Trump always makes things worse for Trump. But here's the other element that I noticed on uh, Lawrence O'Donnell last night. It's a Quinnipiac poll of all, oh, Ameri 66. all American voters. Yes, this is huge. 66% of American voters. This is not just Republicans, not just Democrats. 66% of all voters don't want Trump to run for president in 2024. But here's the problem with this. This is a national poll, and this would only yeah. really make sense as applied to the 2024 election if we're talking about a national popular vote deciding right. the 2024 election. What we're talking about now, I mean, obviously, as we always do, the Electoral College, they can moneyball this into a Trump victory uh, oh, yeah. if they just win select districts in select states, and then that is it. No, so, no. He's, I mean, he's only going to deteriorate between now and then. And I, I just and I feel like this cowardice of the Republican Party, those people need to wake up because he's you know, everyone's you were talking about how people are worried they're going to get primaried by some Trump sponsored, yeah. you know, far, far right candidate. But like the guy they just stood up to run against Liz Cheney was out automatically because he raped a 14 year old girl when he was 18. Mm -hmm. um, and they did you hear about all that? Oh, oh yeah. 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 And then like she committed suicide. And I mean, mm -hmm. like the quality of these primary challengers is very I mean, I just I don't. <sighs> yeah. You know, well, um, I mean, well, but here's the thing, though. Donald Trump is the guy for the Republican Party. I mean, if if we were to positively extrapolate this 66% poll number out to an electoral college victory for the Democrats, one of the reasons it would turn out that way is because the Republican Party is so inextricably linked to Donald Trump. Like, mm -hmm. their whole thing is Trumpism now. And they he have... never cracked 50% approval, ever. Right. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely true. But it doesn't really matter because, again, it's a nat we're talking about national polling versus state by state electoral votes. So you can win. I mean, Donald Trump can be president again with 42 percent of the vote, 42 percent of the national popular vote. He can be president. I mean, for fuck's sake, Bill Clinton became president in 1992 yep. with 42 percent of the popular vote. Uh, just based on the way the Electoral College sussed out and the fact that uh, Ross Perot was in the mix, dividing the popular vote three ways. And so, look, I mean, I'm not saying that Donald Trump is going to be president again. 
there's no way of knowing. I mean, as Michael Cohen was saying, three years is a long time. And there are many things that can happen to Donald Trump. I mean, he already had lots of baggage attached to him without three more years of criminal investigations and potential prosecutions on the horizon. So imagine where Donald Trump is right now at 66% of Americans saying, yeah, stay away. Now imagine that number three years from now. So anything can happen. I mean, if I'm looking at this cup half full, I'm going, yeah, that 66% has got to climb uh, upwards, maybe 70, 75. It only can. It only can climb. I mean, because, I mean, even if he was capable of, like, jumping into a burning river and saving a toddler and (laughs) swimming to shore, like, you know. Like the contender. Like he would do, like, a contender scam. People can just, I mean, people are not moving. These are hard numbers, I feel like. Mm-hmm. The people who don't want, don't like him, really, there's no bringing us around. We're not going right. to be suddenly like, oh, he did a nice thing, yeah. you know, and no. Yeah. I, I feel like that number is only going to rise. I do, too. What, what do you have to say, uh, potty mouth Barack? Shit's getting way too complicated for me. Yeah, it is, because <laughs> we're so far away from 2024. But yeah. this is all to say. Uh, this all this talk about 2024 and the possibility of Trump running again and possibly winning again. This is all to say that we have to keep our eyes open. All right. I don't want to get back on that soapbox that, you know, I did it last night on a John saying show. Uh, I don't want to go there necessarily again, but we have to energize and bear in mind that the Republican Party is all about Donald Trump. And whether it's Donald Trump himself or some clone of Donald Trump who's carrying on the mantle of Trumpism, we still have to be deeply concerned about what's happening in that universe. Okay. The other thing is, um, I love the concept of Don Jr. and Eric (laughs) T-Rex. My name's Eric! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, and Ivanka and Jared Kushner, that whole inner circle of the Trump family all going down, but in the process, stabbing each other in the back with all of the stabbiness, just lots of stabbing. Uh, Trump Sr. stabbing Jr. in the back, and then Jr. stabbing Eric in the back, Eric stabbing Ivanka, Ivanka stabbing Eric and Don, and there's just like, oh my God, Jared Kushner turning state's evidence and flipping and blah, blah, blah. All kinds of shit can go down, and I, I love that. Yesterday on the uh, Stephanie Miller show, we were hypothesizing if they're all in the same prison together, how do they manage to tunnel out? And we're kind of saying that Eric would tunnel out of his own cell like Shawshank Redemption and accidentally make a loop and tunnel back into his own cell. Right. <laughs> it would just go from like regular confinement to maximum security. He would <laughs> pop up in a solitary confinement. That's right. I just I love the idea of Eric tunneling out of his own cell back into his own cell. That's just mm-hmm. fucking perfect. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, meanwhile, Manhattan prosecutors told at least one witness to prepare for grand jury testimony related to the criminal case against Trump, his company and its executives. So interesting. We can talk about who that might be. It's anyone's guess. But apparently uh, grand jury testimony law in New York is uh, quite unique insofar as if you're called in to testify before the grand jury, you get immunity. You get immunity from prosecution. That means Cy Vance can call in all kinds of people, including Matthew Calamari. Mm -hmm. Like Matthew Calamari can come in and they could say, Matty the Squid, what do you think happened? We're going to give you total immunity. And then suddenly Matthew Calamari, blah, 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 Trump this. Well, I mean, they... they 
I don't know about, it depends on the immunity deal because you're flipping, you're turning state's evidence. So yeah, you're going to get some form of immunity and it will, they want the least, most prosecutors want the least amount of immunity with the most bang for their buck if they can get away with it. Right, right. And what's the deal, Jody, in terms of calling in the actual target of the investigation or the defendant in to testify before the grand jury. Do you, are you familiar with what happens in that case? Because I imagine... Well, I know that the defendants are allowed to testify in a grand jury if they want to, but they can't have their lawyer there. Yeah, and plus, if they want to, they and have they to... Immunity. They have to waive they immunity. They waive immunity. They have to waive the fifth. I mean, there's all sorts of problems with that because they, they don't have an advocate on their side. They don't have a judge. Uh-huh. You don't have anybody. It's just a court reporter, the grand jurors, and the prosecutor. Mm. And, I mean, I suppose you could plead the fifth in a grand jury. Yeah. I, I would imagine you can, but then why bother testifying? <laughs> but the- um, If you're going to do that, you better be sure you're innocent because you literally have – like everybody says, oh, I don't need a lawyer. I'm innocent. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, even if Donald Trump runs for president and gets – elected again somehow through some miracle or Russian interference or what have or, you. Or laws in the states that say that their legislatures can overturn the Right. Election. Oh, God, right. Shit, shit. There's so much cheating that they're going to do. You know what they're going to do? Starting off at this place where they're repeating and codifying all of these Trump conspiracy theories about 2020, they're going to use that as an excuse to do the same things they're accusing Democrats of doing yep. in 2020. They're going to do all those same things. And people are like, well, why, why do you want to do these things? Well, the Democrats did them in 2020. So we're just fighting fire is what we're doing. But anyway, I don't know what I was saying before that, but suffice to say, it's uh, 2020. We were talking about grand juries is what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, obviously, if Trump is indicted, Trump will still run. I mean, there's also the question of whether or not he can run while in prison and whether or not if he gets elected, they're going to have to spring him from prison to be president. Uh It's a fucking shit show. Staring There's is, no makeup in prison. There's yeah. no hair dye. There's, I mean, <laughs> I just, I do not see that going well for him. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like know. we need like a grand jury, a grand jury theme that we can like pop, you know, refer back to over the next few months because it's going to be what six months of three days a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. This doesn't work. That's like, that's like saying Roger Stone. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so I don't think that. Yeah, I'll work on that. I'll work on getting a grand jury theme song. Rocky Mountain Mike. Just, well, we got lots more to talk about. I want to talk about this uh, Republican effort to block the one six commission. Looks like they're going to block that vote today, and uh, we'll talk about what some of the other options are. Plus, uh, Trump's got a pet name for George P. Bush, <laughs> or as Cliff Schechter called him the other day, George P. Trump Bush. Is <laughs> holy shit. They're just so desperate to genuflect before the orange leader of the Republican Party and uh, you know, selling out all the other Bushes. So this guy, George P. Bush, is a real, real ass kisser. We're going to talk about that, plus uh, Alan Weisselberg and, and a whole lot more. But first, uh, this word from Stephanie Miller. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. People say puffiness and under-eye bags are the hardest things to get rid of. Till now, introducing Genucel Plant Stem Cell Therapy from Chamonix, specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags. Genucel is incredibly powerful. Natural serum, they guarantee you'll see results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Listeners see a dramatic improvement in just two weeks. A true Chamonix classic, Genucel contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness. Plus, Genucel uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve longevity with brilliant long-term results. Save big right now on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie, promo code Stephanie at checkout for an extra 10% off. That is lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. You'll also get the amazing Zotique Deep Correcting Serum free when you order the most popular package today. Chamonix, the best skincare, best results are your money back. lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That is lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That code is Stephanie. The Bob Show. Slow down, you're moving too fast. You gotta make the C.C. Grace, That's 59th great. Street Bridge song, Feeling Groovy right here. This is dedicated to uh, David T. Rex Ferguson for his birthday. Nice. Aw. Yeah. C.C. Uh, recorded this specially to commemorate both her birthday and your birthday, both on the same day, May 30, coming right up this weekend. Yes. Coming right up. Sunday. So happy birthday to... Happy birthday. Birthday boy and the birthday girl celebrating a birthday on the same day. for me. 53. I'm s- you're so young. I'm 54. How did how did that happen? How did Gen X get old like this? It, it birth and we the years that we were in. born. Well, literally, yeah. We let ourselves in and heated up some ravioli, and next thing you know, you're 50. <laughs> well, yeah. and and the thing is, is nobody nobody talks about us. Nope. That's right. No one gives we're a invisible. shit. We're the we're, invisible generation. We you know are what? just. I don't mind. I don't, I don't fine mind with that. me. You know, we're not being blamed for shit. I'm <laughs> that's exactly that. right. That's a, that's exactly right, Jody. Uh, it's all baby boomers and millennials. They're getting all the mm-hmm. blame in Gen X. That's the whole point of Gen X. We sit on the sidelines like the old men from the Muppet Show up in the balcony. That's what we uh-huh. do. That's what we do. We point and make fun of all the people down below. And so I'm perfectly comfortable with being the anonymous generation, but it's just, it's weird. Like the other day I looked at a, uh, an interview, a profile of Johnny Knoxville from Jackass and boy, he's gray and old. He looks terrible. Yeah. He <laughs> well, looks, imagine that. <laughs> I mean, imagine he's, he's had a very easy life, you know, it's yeah, so weird. I mean, it's been so kicked back and everything, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, God, this is what happens when you do things like he did people. Yeah. Well, one of the things is he broke his penis. He, ah. he actually, he ruptured his urethra doing a, a stunt for jackass. Another cycle trick. Yeah, yeah. And had to wear a catheter for three years. I mean, that's going to, you don't wear a catheter. <laughs> you, I mean, it's, it's not a fashion thing. 
No, you can't. It's like you can't pee, and then like a couple times a day, you've got to poke a catheter in there to drain your bladder. Ouch. Ow. I mean, once it's in there, it's got to be convenient. But (laughs) the process of putting it in has got to hurt like hell. But anyway, the, the point being is that it's just weird to see them get old and, and here we all are i mean i'm the no, young i'm the youngin i'm the youngin of the show i'm actually the no, youngest member of this you're show the baby no yeah. what 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 i love and i hate when i say love i mean hate <laughs> is the consumer cellular commercials have you seen them yet no what do they do okay so consumer cellular is for adults yeah. and when i say adults old people yeah and mm. Basically, no matter what year you were born, and they put up 1965, 1968, 1970. I'm like, really? Wait. Really? Yeah. Really? Stop. Are you fucking kidding me? I need big numbers now. What the fuck? <laughs> God, yeah. Yeah, AARP. Have you started getting the AARP? Oh, honey, I was, be- I was getting their solicitations at 38 years old, and I became a member <laughs> the minute I turned 50. Uh, have you been solicited for a reverse mortgage yet? That would be to the real Not barometer. Not yet, yeah. though my, my mortgage lender does want me. They're like, hey, do you want to take out another mortgage? Because I'm very low. But I have very little left on it. They're like, you want to yeah. take some more money out? No. no. Yeah, you run away from that one because that's a yes. recipe for disaster. They're like, do you want to refi? No, I'm good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, yeah, Gen X gets old. What are you going to do? That's <laughs> that'd be the T-shirt. Gen you won't X gets notice old. when we're gone. What are you going to do? Uh, okay, so the Republicans are blocking this one-six commission vote today, and Mitch McConnell's been crawling up to microphones with his uh, lettuce hanging out of his mouth and going, <laughs> well, "This is going to be a partisan shit show, is what's going to be. It's a, like a partisan maneuver here." And they're talking about basically that the Democrats are just going to commandeer this, and it's all going to be the same shit that we've heard over and over again, which is not. First of all, the way this commission would be set up, it would be evenly divided, be bipartisan, half Republicans, half. Democrats. I think it's 10 and 10. I think that's the divide. 10 Republicans, 10 Democrats on the commission. What the fuck? But it doesn't matter anymore. The reality of the situation is completely irrelevant. And I'm not saying that it's a good thing. I'm saying now all Mitch McConnell has to do is step in front of a microphone and say, this is just gonna be a bunch of Democrats uh, Mm -hmm. engaged in a witch hunt, like Trump says. And all of the people watching Fox News Channel and, you know, Red Hat Entertainment Complex viewers are all going to go, oh, yeah, I guess it is just Democrats. This is going to be a a political thing. It's going to be a political witch hunt. They won't realize that it's supposed to be a 10 to 10 bipartisan divide for this thing. So, again, that's the advantage of having that bubble atmosphere. You can just say whatever you want and it doesn't matter. And people, why, oh, why are they lying so much? Well, it's because they can. They can get away with it. And meanwhile, if we're all looking the other way, like, la, 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 not listening to all things Republicans are saying because it hurts my feelings, la, la, la. And then we miss, we miss all this shit. And we can't correct the record for the people who are paying attention to us. And there are quite a few if you, if you look at the polls. So um, this- just, Every time I hear witch hunt, I think, yes, this is a witch hunt. We are witches. And we're hunting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, that's what Trump is screaming on his blog. It's another partisan witch hunt. They're coming after the radical left Democrats are engaged in a witch hunt against your, your favorite president. Jesus Christ. So what were you saying, David? What did you say? I don't. What, what is that blog word you just used? <laughs> yeah, he's got a, he's, a ex-president's got a micro blog. 
on his website. Yeah. Like they're calling it his blog on Fox News, and he's mad because he wants them to call it his media platform. No, it's a blog. He's the really? blogger from Florida. Yeah, oh, no, that's Jesus. a true thing. He wants to call it his media platform. I, I, love I how have they- one of those then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he's, he keeps talking about it. He keeps saying that there's going to be something that's going to come along and it's going to be the greatest and it's going to be a place where uh, his red hat disciples can talk about whatever they want without any regulation whatsoever. And so apparently that looks like it's going to be the Frank thing that Mike Lindell is starting. It's called it's called Frank. It's called Frank. Frank Burns. But already there are people. I saw Bill Mitchell on Twitter the other day. That fucking Yahoo was on Twitter the other or maybe it was uh, one of the other ones. Maybe it was Gab or one of the other low level Twitter knockoffs where Bill Mitchell was saying, oh, my God, all the racists in here. Why can't they filter out the racists? So already, already these you know, third tier red hat uh, Twitter knockoffs are being loaded down with all of the racist people, probably incoming from 8chan and uh, similar boards like that. And so th- they're seeing the ramifications of their own fuckery is what they're doing. They don't realize that, yeah, you do have to do some moderation. If you're on the Internet and you have an open forum where anyone could sign up to post and say what they want to say, you're going to have to moderate and boot people out, irrespective of whether they're sitting there in a red hat with, a, you know, masturbating with a Trump dildo. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> now very, my very retinas weird. are all. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, uh, Trump's pet name for George P. Bush is pretty disgusting. According to Politico, a Trump advisor who's spoken to him about George P. Bush said Trump has a pet name for him. My Bush, he calls him. Oh, my God. (laughs) George P. Bush, my Bush, which makes me want to. Does he grab him by his bush? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's probably it. Here, I'm kind of sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) That's just so gross. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, that is disgusting. Donald Trump has not seen his own bush since 1986. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, what a hideous, hideous fucking mental image. Yeah. My bush. He's publicly referred to George P. Bush as quote the only bush who got it right. Oh, wow. I wonder what it's like at Thanksgiving at the Bush house. You know, it, <laughs> they all get together at, at W's house for Thanksgiving and George P. Bush is there and he's this Trump sycophant. You know, it's I guess it's like everyone else's Thanksgiving. There, there's yeah. always the one red hat at the end of the table you got to deal with. You got to dance around mm. the fuckery and weird conspiracy theories. But this is uh, every single Republican has to do this. They have to genuflect before Donald Trump. And we were talking about this the other day. Even Liz Cheney has to genuflect before Trumpism to a certain extent. While, yeah, she's criticizing Donald Trump and the lies about the election, she's unwilling to condemn the election laws that have emerged from those lies about the 2020 election. So she's like, well, voter ID, it's, it's a good thing. I mean, you want people to present an ID when they go to vote. Well, no, not necessarily, because that's a that's a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Well, and and okay, when I used to vote in person, which is a long time ago, <laughs> um, you either needed uh, uh, like a bill, like your gas bill, mm-hmm. basically to show where you lived. Yeah, 
mm-hmm. um, so that you were sh- voting in the correct precinct. Nowadays in California, it doesn't matter what precinct you're in mm-hmm. because you're going to be mailed the ballots basically, yeah. and you take that and you vote based on that. They, you know, because you can vote anywhere in the in in California now, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So now you okay? So I can people can produce their bills pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, because they come to their, especially rural folks, they, they get bills. They most likely aren't paying online because they don't have high speed internet and the Republicans don't want them to have it anyway. So they can produce that. But then in certain States, okay, your student ID is not going to work, even though it works for everything. Your social security card's not going to work because yeah. it doesn't have a picture, mm-hmm. but you can get your social security benefits with that card without a picture. Yeah. Credit cards work nine times out of 10. And my, also half the people that are voting in rural areas, they know the people that at the precinct because they're all in the same community and now they have to show ID to somebody that knows who they are. Yeah. Yeah. What the part of the equation here that they don't realize the Republicans don't realize exists or they don't want people to realize it exists is the fact that you have to register to vote Yeah, and you either register to vote in person using a form of ID Mm -hmm. plus, you know, they record your signature and all the rest of it. Or they automatically register you to vote based on your other information that's already in hand, things that they already have to verify that you are who you are. So it's like an automatic process of verification. Like, okay, this person's got a driver's license, this person's got a social security number, it's all in the database, so we can automatically register this person to vote. So it doesn't matter, there's always a uh, identity verification part of the process. When you add this next layer on top of all of that, especially for people who have been registered to vote for decades. Right. And your and your voter ID, your voter registration card won't work. Right. <laughs> That's what's fucked up. It's like, here's mm. my voter registration card. Mm-hmm. Now you can't vote. But this is my registration card. Now you can't vote. Yep. Yep. Or the fuck? parts of these laws. I forget if it's Texas, Florida, or Georgia. Uh, the law yes. invalidates your voter registration if you don't vote for oh. like three or four elections in a row. Like if you're, and they were doing that in Ohio too, where they yeah. were sending you a postcard to make sure that you were going to. It was like this is that's all bullshit. Which is why I know that Mansion is a pariah right now. But mm-hmm. part of his thing with with HB one and SB one that Murkowski signed on to was basically, you know, reenacting all the parts that uh, John Roberts and company took out of the Voting Rights Act, yeah. reenacting them, but making them 50 states. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's not specific to just the southern secessionist states. It's for everybody. And then Republicans are like, well, no, we can't do that either because because that would stop everything that we want to do as well. So it's like, no, but we, we're just going to reinstate law that we've all voted for, but then make it nationwide. Yeah, yeah. And which the- covers a lot of what HB1 mm-hmm. covered, not all of it. HR one, excuse me, mm. uh, covered, but not all of it. But it's like, no, we can't even do that. So I, I don't know what Manchin is thinking right now, but hopefully it's strategy and, and yeah. he'll be basically go, look, guys, Ugh. I tried to work with them and now I have to blow up the filibuster or at least make it a talking filibuster. Right. It's like this I just weird. Think that this shit show from Arizona has come to my state now. Yeah, oh, it, shit. Has. it has. Uh, Georgia. It just, it's making me crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're about ready to uh, pack up and head over to Georgia to do another ballot audit. Because, uh, again, Donald Trump thinks that they're going to magically find ballots that are going to make him president suddenly, even though that is never, ever going to fucking happen. I mean, he is never going to be president automatically. I mean, there's always the as we said before, there's always the outside chance that he runs again and gets elected. But this is just not going to happen. But suffice to say. David, you're exactly right. It's going to be another shit show. They're going to be wasting time. They're going to be wasting money. All they're going to end up doing 
is finding things where they can go, well, this is hinky enough for us to be able to extrapolate this out into a major conspiracy theory. What this really is, is conspiracy theory fuel. Because they're still, I mean, all mm-hmm. they did was mention, what, a few weeks ago, I think it was a month, I don't know how long ago it was, about the bamboo in the, in the paper. And <laughs> even though that is no longer a thing, guys like Mike Lindell still walking around saying, I saw bamboo. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Jesus Christ, all they need is that teeny tiny opening and they're able to exploit it into a, a huge deal. And again, that is the consequence of having this Donald Trump red hat bubble. They can inject whatever bullshit into that bubble, and it's at least going to circulate inside that bubble, generating energy, generating animosity, generating resentment, which is like the lifeblood. That's like the heroin for the red hat, angry, white male, resentful base. But uh, yeah, so a Georgia judge last week awarded a group the chance to review mail ballots in a large Georgia county that includes Atlanta. Officials in a rural Michigan county have expressed interest in in review of their voting machines. A similar debate has caused sharp divisions in in a New Hampshire town. They're not going to find anything. They're not going to make Trump president by any stretch of the imagination, but they will monkey around enough. Like, you know, in Arizona, they monkeyed with the machines enough that they have to replace the machines. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they've been tampered with, and who knows whether they added extra lines of code in order to make it, uh, you know, uh, skew the votes in uh, the next election or whatever. Uh, just the very fact that they've tampered with it makes it questionable as to whether or not those machines can be used. So you got to toss them right out. <laughs> I think Stephen Colbert said the other day, "This has been ridiculous and pointless, but at least it's expensive." <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, good luck with all of that, Georgia. It's going to be like the bug zapper for every freak dog in the country to descend upon uh, Atlanta and so on. Uh, Meanwhile, let's see here. Oh, Alan Weisselberg has been tied to this Trump inaugural scam, too. So we go back to what we were saying about Michael Cohen and how this investigation with Cy Vance and Alan Weisselberg being nabbed for tax related charges. Oh, this is going to blossom into all kinds of other shit. Mm So previously unreported emails attached to a little-noticed court document filed earlier this month show that Weisselberg is tied to another Trump financial scandal, the Trump inauguration case, which is currently being investigated by the Attorney General of Washington, D.C. April 2017, three months after Trump's inauguration, the Presidential Inaugural Committee, or PIC, was trying to sort out its financial reports, and though the Trump Organization was not officially involved in its operation except as a payment receipt, Weisselberg was brought into that effort. Oh, goody for Weisselberg. This happened on April 19th, which is the day after the pick filed its financial report with the Federal Elections Commission and revealed that it had raised $107 million. And we all know this number. This is a whopping figure, twice of what Barack Obama had collected in his first inauguration. Uh, right, Obama? Shit's getting way too complicated for me. I know. <laughs> um, but gigantic amounts of money. And the money had poured into the presidential inaugural committee from numerous wealthy and corporate donors who had kicked in seven-figure contributions, spurring concerns about influence peddling. Duh. Yes, of course. Yeah. Additionally, the FEC report did not state how this flood of money had been spent. 
A lawyer in the attorney general's office asked Gates, what was Mr. Weisselberg's role in connection to responding to those attacks? Gates replied that, uh, remember, we all remember uh, uh, Rick Gates, is it? Rick Gates, Rick yeah. Gates replied that Weisselberg was great with numbers and that mm-hmm. Mr. Barrick, Tom Barrick, had uh, known him, you know, for years, Gates said. The attorney followed up, was Mr. Weisselberg's donating his service to the PIC? And Gates said, I do not know. But Gates added that he had spoken with Tom Barrick about Weisselberg's review of the financial information and that Barrick had indicated, quote, he wanted to be proactive and send this to Mr. Weisselberg. The point being here is that Weisselberg is so immensely pinched by his legal exposure with this tax case in New York that he could very easily flip on this whole PIC thing, this whole inaugural committee scam. Like, where did this money come from? Where did it go? How could it have possibly been spent on the inauguration? We all saw the fucking inaugural. Yeah. It was nothing. It was some tractors and a couple of soldiers (laughs) and empty bleachers. And a yeah. bunch of guys that played the entire fucking piano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this was obviously one of these scams. And, you know, this is the prism that we have to look at everything through. This is why uh, Mueller pisses me off when I really think about the Mueller investigation. Because the real secret to everything that Trump was involved in, it all boiled down to his finances. The reason he's up to his eyeballs in Russia, his finances. Donald Trump is always chasing money because he's such a fuckwad when it comes to financial uh, decisions. He's terrible at managing his money. So terrible that after his bankruptcies, he had to be put on an allowance (laughs) because he just doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So he's constantly chasing income. You know, so he does The Apprentice for 12 years and makes a bunch of money doing that. But, you know, then he fritters it away. Speaking of which. Yeah. You know, Amazon just bought MGM. Yeah, yeah, they can get the apprentice. And um, so that means Jeff Bezos stuff. is officially the owner of any materials related to the apprentice, including all the outtakes that we yep. heard so much about. Yep. Yep, that's going to be. And there uh, is no love lost between those. Those two guys don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, but I wonder if those tapes haven't been, you know, stashed in a safe and buried under, you know, twelve feet of cement There's somewhere. Yeah. There's copies yeah. of copies of copies. People have this stuff. I mean, <laughs> my my parents when they would do mom's show, um, they would hold they would hold outtakes, and there weren't that many that weren't aired, but there was some. Yeah. And then they would have what they called a flip show at the end of every season, and they would put on things, but they would show outtakes, which is where when we did Showstoppers, we got a lot of those outtakes nobody had seen mm-hmm. was from those tapes. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. Like, Doesn't Tom Arnold have them or something? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know. Do you remember Mark, him talking about him? I mean, Noel Kassler may know where they are. Yeah. Well, Mark Burnett probably has them. I mean, he's the showrunner. He's the guy who probably. controls that kind yeah, of shit. Sure Editors evidence. may have them. At this point, with the defamation suit by, oh gosh, what's her name? Summer. Oh, yeah. Summer Vo- Voss. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, So destroying them now, I think, could constitute destruction of evidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm surprised that there wasn't some lower-level PA or, you know, edit bay guy 
who said, I'm oh, sure you know what? editors have copies. I'm sure they do. Yeah. I mean, so many people have stepped forward. And you would imagine now that he's no longer president and has no power whatsoever mm-hmm. uh, that they could step forward, at least anonymously, slip it into a manila envelope and drop it on, uh, on Carol Lennig's desk or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something subversive they, they can get away with. So, so I got to say. I'm not 100% convinced that the tapes exist. I'm 100% convinced that Donald Trump has said horribly racist things to other people, with other people within earshot, and so on, on more occasions than you can possibly count. Whether that's on tape, it seems like now that we're, how many years past, we're six years past Donald Trump initially throwing his hat in the ring to run for president. You would think in that six years, someone would say, whoops, what's this? And then, as I said, hand it off to reporter X at Politico or whoever to uh, to dump it. I mean, we have gotten much more top secret information than that, uh, just that has leaked out, whether it's the Steele dossier or other damning evidence that's popped up along the way. But this has not yet. I, I wish I could be convinced. It was like I was saying about UFOs the other day on the uh, postmortem show. Like, yeah, it's possible. I mean, I completely agree that there's other intelligent life in uh, in the galaxy, but are these UFOs that they're getting video of and we're seeing and everyone's well, talking gotta, about? you got to remember that, that UFO just means it's unidentified, yes. whereas are they aliens visiting or two separate things? Right, right. That's Potentially. What... I mean, they can be the same thing, but in general, something that is a UFO is just an unidentified flying object. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Yeah, another UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I have a theory. Yeah. It's way out there. It's something from a total science fiction movie, but um, they keep don't they keep seeing them over the water and coming uh-huh. in and out of the ocean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's whole stretches of the bottom of the ocean that we just don't know anything about. What if there's like a parallel, you know, civilization? Like there? Aquaman. Yeah. But well, I, I was talking to my dad, and he said anything that can survive. <laughs> David just goes right. Death. David goes right past my Aquaman reference. But yeah, well, no, okay. Aquaman is real, so there's nothing prob- <laughs> yeah. problematic with that. Da- Come on, Bob, we know that. Okay, all right. So what were you saying, David? Anything that my dad says that could survive at the pressures at the bottom of the ocean could survive the kind of acceleration that these things exhibit. That's true. That's true. So maybe it I is. Mean, did you ever see that film with, um, oh God, it was 100 years ago, where they go down into the, and they get, they're submerged way low and there's these alien beings. Basically, they're just living in the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. God damn it. I'll find out. That well, that's, movie. again, that's, that's like the that's Aquaman. That's the Aquaman movie with Atlantis. Aquaman. Oh, I didn't like see that. Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, and, and also the Atlanteans are descendants of the Kryptonians in that universe. And so, right. yeah, so they are kind of aliens. So, you know, <laughs> never know. And everyone's saying, what's on the Mark Marin podcast right now? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? Speaking of that, we're going to take one last break and come back and uh, wrap up the show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? 
So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. Jason Kay and Prehab. Song called Amphetamine from Standards Volume 1. It's their best of album, 2009 to 2019. Great stuff on this. Uh, prehab.bandcamp.com to support Prehab. One of our faves here on the show. Absolutely. BobSuska.com slash music. You want to submit? We got an indie music count- countdown coming up on Memorial Day. Memorial Day Monday. I'm going to do the uh, indie music countdown. Memorial Day weekend. Yep. You guys enjoy celebrating my birthday this weekend. Also, the name of the film was called The Abyss. The Abyss, the yes. Abyss. With the squishy, uh, you know, CG tentacle creature. And they had the water water worm thing that would yeah, come into worm. the ship, and, and, and yeah. then Ed Harris gets to swallow uh, liquid. Human worm? I thought that was Poltergeist too. Hmm. No, they have a they have a, a, a water worm thingy that comes in and looks like their faces um, yeah, at yeah. one point. It's a great film. I mean, the ending um, uh, visual effects weren't that great, but it yeah. was the water visual effects and everything under the sea were like that. And they were they never said whether they were earthlings mm-hmm. or aliens that came down here, but that's what David's dad is thinking is the whole yeah. thing. Well, no, my yeah. dad doesn't think that. I think that, and I asked him, like, you know, and my dad was like, well, if they could survive the bottom of the ocean, they could survive the kind of acceleration of those things. And I was like, really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why not? Um, it's my, it's, it's, you know, and they're going to turn the freaking frogs gay, gang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get me started on the freaking frogs. I got to tell you, though. <laughs> Just by talking about turning the freaking frogs gay, you're going to turn the freaking frogs gay is what's going to happen. What's going to happen down here? Okay. I can smell the Coke sweat. You know, yesterday I was <laughs> yesterday on the interview yeah. show, I talked to the, the great Richard Hensel. And we all know Richard Hensel, of course, from all the Rocky Mountain Mike bits and uh, his uh, portrayal of uh, Mark Twain and his role on Groundhog Day as one of the DJs on the clock radio. And uh, just he's one of my all time favorite voice guys and actors. And it was such a pleasure to have him on the show yesterday. But uh, he started doing the Donald Duck voice, which <laughs> I because I am a child. Because I'm immensely juvenile, uh, it makes me laugh and laugh and laugh. That Donald Duck voice. I don't know what it is about it. It just makes me laugh. But I can't do it. I can do all kinds of voices. I just can't do that particular voice. So I asked him to give me a lesson in terms of how it was done. But So that means after the show was over, I was sitting here in my office just trying and rehearsing the Donald Duck voice. Couldn't, still couldn't, still couldn't do it. But I was saying to to Richard... It's, it's, Kimberly brought the carving board down on his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, that's, it's probably a good idea that I don't. And I said this to Richard. Probably a good idea that I don't know how to do it because I would never fucking stop doing it. That's just the thing. I would walk around all day doing the Donald Duck voice. I would call my mom in the Donald Duck voice and you do all, all that shit. Kind of like how I do with, and this is what made me think of it, that's what I do with the Alex Jones voice. 
Hey, you know, you, I, I see here that we're out of toilet paper and pa- paper, paper towels never, as well. Stops being funny for me. It just never stops. It's just so eerily accurate. It just... <laughs> Hey, do you want to watch? Uh, would you like to watch Mayor of Easttown? We've got a Kate Winslet doing that uh, Delco accent, which is really entertaining. Maybe we'll watch that and then we'll check out an episode of it. It's like, I'd really rather watch Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going around all day Ooh. in the Alex Jones voice. It's, yeah. it's probably a little bit better than the Donald Duck voice, which is apparently annoying to some people, but it makes me laugh. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> you definitely go and listen to the Richard Hensel interview from Wednesday. It was so much fun to talk to Richard because he was one of these guests who, you know, you just kind of open the box and there he is and there he goes. And it wasn't (laughs) right out of the shoot. He's playing piano. He's doing the Donald Duck voice. And then he's doing uh, talking about his uh, career and how he first started doing the Mark Twain character and so on. And I was just like, "I, I don't even have to do anything. Those are my favorite kinds of shows. But anyway, so... Uh, yeah, that's what Candace Bergen was like when she appeared on our radio station. I did not get to interview her, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it was like the red light came on, and it was showtime. Yeah. And she just took off with it. It was hilarious and beautiful and awesome, and I'm so sorry she's gone. Yeah. Yeah. What, Candace Bergen? Yeah. When did Candace Bergen die? She's not gone. Oh, she's not? Wait. No. Yeah, like, what, what are you Jesus. talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Candace Bergen God, is still alive. Oh, shit. Thank you, Jesus. I, I almost thought she was... Yeah. Why did, I, Why did you think she was dead? I don't know. Can we um, edit um, that out? Yeah, you need to <laughs> no, edit that of course out. She's not. still alive. She's 75 years old. Yeah, no. God, we're, we're, what a, I mean, she came to our radio station and just, like, it was amazing. It was hilarious, but she smelled like she had been, like, slept in a bar. Like, I mean, she was <laughs> definitely... <laughs> it, it was, you know, it was 5 o'clock. It was the afternoon news show, so, like, but, I mean... And the guy that hosted the interview was this sweet guy who looks exactly like um, Martin Mullet in WKRP. His name was not Venus Flytrap. Come on, help me out, Bob. Martin Mull and WKRP. Martin Mull wasn't in that. You're no, thinking he's of not in that. Johnny Fever. You're thinking Johnny of Howard, Howard yes. Hessman. So Howard Hessman. The guy that I worked with, the Howard late Hessman. Howard Hessman. Johnny Fever was like, <laughs> if he, you know, you roll the clock forward 24 years. Yeah. You know, and he's still got the same AM radio voice, but he's, you know, and he's very stiff in the interviews. And Candace started putting this flirt on him. Yeah. Because she knew it would rattle him, and he just went to pieces. It was hilarious. Yeah. She's like, you know, you're a very handsome man. Uh, by um, the way, by the way, Howard Hessman is still alive. I was just yes, joking when I said the late Howard Hessman. He's still, he's still alive and well, as is Martin Mull. Martin Mull is still alive. So just yes, want to make is. sure we're clear on that. Um, okay, so one last thing here before we wrap up. New York federal prosecutors investigating Rudy Giuliani seized email and iCloud accounts they believe belong to two former Ukrainian government officials, as well as the cell phone and iPad of a pro-Trump Ukrainian businessman. The attorney for Lev Parnas, Kimberly's other boyfriend, apparently. (laughs) Lev Parnas has, on repeated occasions, DM'd Kimberly, asking to be on her podcast. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like I, I'd I think, be like, okay, Lev, but only if you bring Igor and you perform Millie Vanilli songs. <laughs> the attorney for Lev Parnas, an indicted former uh, Giuliani ally, wrote in a court filing that the evidence seized likely includes emails, text, and encrypted communications between Giuliani, Victoria Tensing, oh good, Trump, Bill Barr, 
high-level members of the Justice Department, presidential impeachment attorneys Jay Sekulow and Jane Raskin and others, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, Congressman Devin Nunes, and others relating to the timing of the arrest and indictment of the defendants as a means to prevent potential disclosures to Congress in the first impeachment inquiry of then-President Trump. The court filing also disclosed that federal prosecutors have historical and prospective cell site information related to Giuliani and Tensing. Both were subjects of search warrants executed last month. The court filing contained redacted portions, which could be read by copying and pasting them into another document. So the trash compactor is tightening. And I have to say that uh, when I see news like what this... What an incredible smell you've discovered. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, all things being equal, all things being fair, justice surviving, it, you know, it makes it impossible for these guys to do anything. And the Republican Party is permanently tethered to this third rail of Trumpism and Trump and this inner circle of crooks. They have, there is no way the Republican Party at this point wiggles away from the taint of Donald Trump. They have but made they will it. still, I mean, because the, you know, the media has to make it a horse race and the Chuck yeah. Todd's of the world and, you know, there's OAN and Fox News. We will still, we'll be coping with them. It's like, I mean, we really, I mean, we should take off and nuke the side from orbit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only way to be sure, but, like, we have to have a two-party system. Uh, but I just, the whole thing with the voting laws and the attack they're making right now on just an individual's right to vote, it's just mm -hmm. terrifying. Yeah, it is. And I was talking about this the other day. I mean, look, if you want, uh, you know, equal access to voting rights, if you want sovereignty over your body parts, if uh, you want to be able to live your life as an LGBTQ citizen, uh, you are not going to you are increasingly going to be marginalized in the red states. To the point where I think you're going to see, and it's already starting now, a migration, a politically driven migration in this country where you're seeing uh, red hats leaving blue states and moving to red states. And likewise, as the vice grip continues to tighten, especially when it comes to women, especially when it comes to any oppressed minority in this country, the, the drive to leave these states like Texas is going to increase. And, and by design, I think the Republicans want that. I think the Republicans know that their power lies in states' rights and in the power of these trifectas in the red states. These, uh, you know, where uh, the same party controls both chambers of the state legislature mm -hmm. plus the governor's mansion. This is what the Republicans have now as far as power. And they're exploiting that power to the detriment of all of these groups, whether it's women, whether it's blacks, whether it's immigrants, whether it's people who want unfettered access to voting rights, as I said before. And so this is kind of happening, and I don't know exactly where it leads, but it seems like this is kind of a secession without there being a secession. We're going to make it here in Texas and Georgia and, and Mississippi and wherever, we're going to make it impossible for liberals to exist here, or at least unpalatable. And so they're going to be forced Republicans to leave. And, know, though, that, yeah. like, I mean, the voters in Georgia, we're done with them. Mm -hmm. It's just they all know that they're only hanging on till the next election unless yeah. they, I don't know they, they can put their stupid goddamn laws through. But people are just going to come out to vote anyway. Yeah. You yeah. Know? All right. All right. Aren't these laws, though, um, being sued? Isn't the ACLU going after them and yes. other voting rights? So right now, are the laws actually in effect or are we waiting till? Because wouldn't it take long 
too long to get to the Supreme Court for the 22 election. Yeah. The stay would have to, a stay on the law would have to be applied by a judge somewhere, like at a district right. level and or I know that I, the ACLU is suing, so I would imagine that once they get to one court, mm-hmm. a stay has to be put into effect until HR1 or other things are decided. It just has to. Yeah, I hope that's the way it plays out. Because that's that's the best case scenario at this point. I mean, because the laws are on the books. And so it's going to require lawsuits to figure it out. But again, the end game for any lawsuit is the six to three Supreme Court. Right. And uh, which is why we're going to expand the Supreme Court, which is why that that the commission or whatever the president put together should be finished up by what the fall. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, whether that actually happens is going to depend on the midterms, though. The midterms are going to decide everything at this point, because if I, I, if we increase our majorities from the midterms, things like expanding the court become more possible. They're not possible but, but right without now. The, with this filibusters gone when it comes to courts. Yeah. So. Oh, well, that's I, true. I, yeah. The judicial filibuster. Is it with all yes. decisions based on the court or. Um, well, or just I mean, the approval of the, judges. I think the having blown up the filibuster with regard to the Supreme Court kind of blows up the filibuster when it comes to anything judicial. And I think by law in the Constitution, it is only a majority. Hmm, interesting. I'm not well, 100% on that, but I mean, the court has been expanded and contracted in the past. Well, even still, they need Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. And uh, unless we expand our majorities in Congress, they will right. still have power enough to block even a vote of 50 plus one. And that's why that's why those laws, especially in Georgia, where the legislature can decide, it doesn't matter who votes at that point. If right, the legislature right. can overturn, say, 100% of the people in Georgia vote for this person mm-hmm. and the legislature doesn't like it, too bad. Right, right. Well, we'll see what happens. Still Trump used to say. Oh, uh, shit. Well, lots more. Hey, still you know what? What? COVID hospitalizations have plummeted. That yeah. is good. That's great they news. Uh, you know, we're getting out the other side, and I really feel like that I mean, we don't ever talk about what the politicians and people when they do a good job. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the Biden administration has whooped up on this thing. Oh, God, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, thank God. Pe- enough people made the right choice in November. Because I can't even imagine what it would have been like if Trump had still been president at this point. We'd have not, We wouldn't even be getting vaccinated right now, I can guarantee it. Nope, absolutely not. It would be a fucking disaster. The vaccination process would have been a disaster. Right now, yep. more than 50% of all adults in the United States have uh, received a vaccination. At so least that's one uh, shot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what's what are you waiting for, other 50%? Jesus. Scared of needles? Oh, my God, these people. All right, well, still more to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, COVID and the vaccination process and... Uh, Army some, of the uh, dead. Some, uh, some propaganda coming up. Yeah, propaganda coming up uh, from uh, some usual suspects here, suffice to say. That and a lot more on the uh, postmortem show on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bob Show. When this music is done, we keep on talking, and you get to listen to what we say only on our Patreon page. Of course, this is this what you're hearing right now is everywhere. You can get that everywhere you get your podcasts, as you do. But the postmortem show is exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. So you're only getting part of the show if you're not subscribed at $5 a month. Uh, and you get two postmortem shows for that. And uh, it's where the real fun happens. So don't miss out. Remember, FOMO is real. See, I'm guilting people into subscribing now. 
Okay, meanwhile, while you're subscribing to things, make sure to subscribe to uh, the From the Bunker podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash from the bunker, and also uh, the T-Rex Report podcast, patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report, and astralsummer.bandcamp.com. See you on the after party. Meanwhile, have a great Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>